Welcome to another informative episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. I'm Marcy Strong. I am a consultant with VisionWorks Consulting. We have a heavy reliance, I think, in the health and safety world on policies and on structure. And my feeling around it is that those are important, but those aren't the place to start. People and the conversation and the relationship are the place to start. No Harm is the podcast for health and safety professionals like you. We're here to help you sharpen your professional skills and better understand emerging issues. And that's where actually the power comes in of how they're going to approach the work that day is in those conversations together. So as leaders of large organizations where we're sitting at the top of the large organization, we may think we've got it covered because we've put this policy in place, we have this work practice in place that's going to drive people's behaviors. What we don't understand is the relationship that happens right in that worker team that actually has the more power. Sounds like a great topic. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. I'm your host, Marvin Polis, and this time we have a really interesting episode. It's really about leadership and how leadership can affect the success of your health and safety initiative. I guess a subtext or a subtitle for this episode might be, hey, we've got this great health and safety program. Why isn't it working? And our guest today is Marcy Strong. Marcy is a consultant at VisionWorks Consulting Group, and she just has a ton of background in this field. She's worked for major corporations as an organizational effectiveness person, as an organizational development person. So she really understands what makes people tick. Thanks for joining us, Marcy. Thank you, Marvin. It's great to be here. All right, Marcy. Let's dive down the rabbit hole of this theme. You've been around the block. You really understand, as I said, what makes people tick. So you've seen a lot of health and safety initiatives. What are some of the things that you really need to consider from a people aspect? I think the first thing for me that stands out from the people aspect is is really what are you wanting to get? What are you wanting to achieve? Making sure that that's really clear and understanding the context that you're doing that in. And the context is big. We often call it culture, but that seems a little too distant for people to understand. We talk about safety culture all of the time. We talk about an organization culture. We talk about leadership culture, and it's a buzzword, but we don't really understand what that entails. And I think for me, that piece around context, culture is the way we do things around here. It's a lot of the unconscious implicit stuff that you want to understand when you're thinking of people, what drives their behavior, what motivates them, what messages are we giving in our organization that drives their behavior, that informs their behavior, and sometimes makes them do things that are contrary to what we're hoping with this new initiative. And so it's really kind of unpacking that and understanding, you know, the history of the organization, the history of this particular initiative, what has come before it, the direction that we're setting, and how does this link to it? And do we really understand what's linking to it? The leadership aspect of it, as far as are we really truly in support of this initiative? And what's going to change for us as leaders to really make that successful. That's often a key piece of many of these projects because they introduce change. And as leaders, we think that this is fantastic, go make it happen. And then it starts to come off the rails when we realize that we as leaders individually have to make changes, that there's different messages 
that we need to be sending. It starts to tap into things that we value, and it makes us potentially re-examine what we value. Because people do pick up that mismatch between what people say and then what they do. And it's not for any wrong intent that people, you know, have a mismatch of messages. They may not be conscious of what's driving their behavior. Okay, so you're saying we really need to be cognizant of a potential mismatch between our organization's culture and the health and safety initiative that we're trying to bring into place. So let's say that we have an initiative where we need to stop dropping things from high places because people are working down below and they could get hurt. And we've designed a program, let's say a a communication program, to help with that issue. But if the culture of the organization is, "Mm, it's okay to take little risks once in a while, we're really not going to be successful. So you really have to get at the root of this, which is, our culture is off. We have to create a culture where everybody just knows it. Everybody accepts this is the way we are. This is the way we work. We don't take little risks. So I think that's part of what I hear you saying. That's definitely it. And often those pieces of where we think that's okay, that's often quite buried in our culture, the way we work around here. People wouldn't necessarily tell you directly oh yeah, no, that's okay. But if you get curious and you inquire and you listen, it starts to come out in the conversation of when it's good to do that or what might drive you know, their behavior, what kind of situation calls for that. And you know, from my experience, even listening to what's on our mind at the time as leaders, we send the message about what's important to us all the time. And we may not realize what is implicit in that message that we're sending. We may send the message, oh, safety is very important to us. And today I am really concerned about the schedule. Oh, I'm really concerned about productivity. We're behind, we're spending money, whatever that message comes out with. People will hear that and they they will say, well, this is what I think they want me to do. And so it's really understanding, you know, how you are showing up as a leader, getting feedback on the message that you send and really making sure that it's the message that you want to send out to your folks. Because, you know, when you think of a a stop the drop initiative, it makes perfect sense. And yet stuff happens. So what is what is all of that other piece in that context that that informs how things happen? I think you made a really good point there. You used the phrase, how do you show up? as a leader. And from that perspective, it's not only about what you say, right? It's about what you do, because after all, we're primates, we're mammals. We look at how other people are acting, and we ape what they do. And in particular, we ape our leaders. So if you're in a situation where a leader observes you not tying off your tools or something like that, and using the stop the drop initiative, you're not tying off your tools, and he or she doesn't do a respectful intervention, then that leader has just delivered a message. Exactly, exactly. And and so that's being very present when you're out with folks, you know, taking the time to really stop and seeing what they're doing. You know, what does it mean to respectfully intervene? And even what does it mean to build trust and relationship with somebody? Because from my experience, when there is that relationship in place, and that's getting to know the individual, getting to know about them, their family, what, why they're there. You develop that trust over time. And with that trust, then people 
will tell you things. They'll they'll ask you things. They won't assume things. You you can start to have a, a really good conversation, and that's how you uncover the implicit assumptions that are out in the, the organizational system, out in the culture, is through that relationship where you can start to find out you know what's driving Marvin's behavior. What what's that all about? So it's it's a very key piece of being in the moment and being able to demonstrate the behavior that matches your words. And it's also about being out with your workers enough that you can have this ongoing conversation about how you show up and how they how you want them to show up. It's about creating that spot where you can talk about this and what's really important and and you get all of this wonderful information as to your initiative and what's going to make it work because it is that relationship piece that takes it from a project into something that fits into your organization. Good, really great thoughts there. So you know, one of the things that I think needs to be said, and I'm going to be really blunt here, is that you may have the world's best health and safety program, the world's best initiative, but if you don't have that cultural thing meshed up and consistent with what you need to happen, you're going to fail. So you really need the support of your leadership. A few more thoughts then on how do you get the support of your leadership? How do you get them modeling the way? Well, I think it's really, for the support of the leadership, I think it's really playing with what do you need them to be out doing? What do you need to th- them to be out saying? And more importantly, do they believe it? It's really with whatever that initiative is, how can you bring it home? How can you make it real? How can they really connect to it in an authentic true way? Because it's it's just not delivering the words. It's delivering the why I care piece of it. it. It's the emotional impact. And can they be present and out and sharing it? So in part, is it really understanding what's motivating your leadership and helping to frame this up in a way that is really meaningful to them? For instance, if your leadership at that pinpoint in time is really concerned about production, mm. do you need to help them understand that if there is a workplace incident during this time frame, that's just going to wreck production. Exactly. If you're really concerned about production, chances are good that you're sending a lot of messages about why production is really important right now. And if you're not necessarily sending that same sort of urgent message around safety, people will listen to that and they'll start to make assumptions as far as what you want me to do. You're my leader. It's get it done, get it done quickly. And I will make choices whether or not I'm necessarily thinking them all the way through, but I'm going to make choices on how I'm going to get the work done. And that may mean that I I choose to do something a little bit quicker. I choose to not tie off. I choose to do different things like that. And I may not even be conscious of it. I may have just heard the message, get it done. We got to get it done. You know, schedule's really important to us. And so it's being very clear that if production is really important to us, what is that other message? How do you balance that? And potentially, does that message about how important production is to us need to go out to everybody? Thinking that if you're taking care of people in safety, you know, hopefully production takes care of itself. And maybe there's different ways to come at it. So it's, it's just being really conscious of the culture as it is and the cultures you're creating. Because culture is an outcome. Culture is something that happens every day with how we behave together, with what we say, with what we do, what policies we put in place, what structures we put in place. And 
it's learned. It's learned over time. Everybody that's new that comes on site learns about the culture from being in it. It's got a very natural way of just kind of saying, this is how we do things. This is not how we do things. And so we have a heavy reliance, I think, in the health and safety world on policies and on structure. And my feeling around it is that those are important, but those aren't the place to start. People and the conversation and the relationship are the place to start. And understanding that context, because that's where you actually find out how work gets done and why policies are followed and why policies aren't followed. And so the other piece of it is understanding too that people are very relational. And so there may be structures, there may be policies out there, and I may or may not be aware of them. I may have read them. They may or may not have made sense to me. But I will look at my team. I will look at my leader as a source of how are we going to do this together? And that's where actually the power comes in of how they're going to approach the work that day is in those conversations together. So as leaders of large organizations where we're sitting at the top of the large organization, we may think we've got it covered because we've put this policy in place. We have this work practice in place that's going to drive people's behaviors. What we don't understand is the relationship that happens right in that worker team that actually has the more power. You know, all of that's a really good point, Marcy. You mentioned that humans are social creatures. So as a health and safety person, we really need to recognize that HSE people are really sitting in the middle between leadership who might have a certain influence on the people who are on the tools and the supervisors of the people who are on the tools. And being primates, as I mentioned earlier, and being social creatures, we tend to bond in our social relationships. And the person who's on the tools may have a bond with the crew and may have a bond with one supervisor. So what they're hearing coming down from upper management through mechanisms like, let's say, newsletters and policies and that sort of thing have to be consistent with what I'm hearing from my supervisor. Exactly. They have to be consistent with what I'm hearing from my supervisor. There's a lot of work, I think, when you're looking at launching a new initiative of really helping people really understand what it is that you're trying to create and having the conversation and the learning about what it is that this new policy is going to create. And a lot of it, you know, in the way that we launch projects, we're busy people, we're trying to get stuff done organizationally. So we have a couple of different communications, like you say, newsletters and policies and say there, everybody should know that The challenge is there's often many things that we should know. There's a ton of stuff coming down, whether that's in meetings or emails. And it's really how do we help people incorporate it? How do we help them really understand what we're asking? So back to what we were saying about really helping the leaders understand the messaging. How do we help people understand what we're really trying to get at with this initiative? And how do we understand what behaviors are out there currently, like the take the risk behavior that would keep us from really living into that new way of working. We have to unlearn behaviors before we can learn something new. And that's really getting at those assumptions and the culture of why we do it that way in the first place. So there's a lot of really curious inquiry, a lot of conversation that has to go on to understand what's going to make this stick 
or what's going to take us down to the path that we've always gone down. Great. Well, Marcy, I think we're just about up on time, but you know, something that I think should be said here in summary is that, you know, back to the original theme of this episode, if you want to understand why your health and safety initiative is not gaining traction and what you need to do to help it gain traction is that maybe it would be useful to become a good student of human psychology. I think that that's exactly it. And it's it's not going to require a lot of study. It's going to require a lot of curious inquiry. And to recognize, I think, the other piece of it for me that we've been kind of talking around is the importance of trust. People work from trust. And how do you get out there and create the relationships that build trust? How do you understand that trust will enable you to hear things that they normally wouldn't tell you? It enables teams to work together. They rely on each other. And that's why I'll take the message from you as my supervisor, as far as this is how we're going to approach the task versus potentially all of the policies and stuff out there. So it's a real recognition of just how much, when you look at the human psychology, how much we are relational and how much we trust. And recognizing that when you build your own initiative, what are you doing to engage and involve others? What are you doing to build that trust with them, to build that understanding with them, to get their feedback and input on why it will or will not work, and how it maybe bumps up against your culture so that you get that real true implementation, that it actually does stick at the end of the day. Well said, Marcy. So let's wrap this up for our listeners. Really what we've learned here today is that in order to get your HSE initiative implemented, we all really need to understand that nothing gets done without trust, nothing gets done without relationships, and nothing gets done without some sound understanding of human psychology. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Marvin. Thanks for tuning in to the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us for free on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a rating or review. It helps others find us. And hey, be sure to tell your friends and colleagues who can benefit from our podcast. The No Harm Health and Safety Podcast is a production of Stimulant Strategies and Stimulant Media Productions. You can learn more about us at stimulant.ca. All the best, everyone, and stay safe.